Hey ho, listen to Reno's. It's your friendly neighborhood podcaster here, Dando, reminding you that everyone's favorite nettlecore band, Oakley Doakley, are just a couple of weeks away from their first ever Australian tour. But don't worry, they're not coming alone. Joining them is Melbourne's own Simpsons themed doom rock band, Dr. Colossus. The tour will consist of five dates kicking off in Brisbane on February 11th at the zoo, February 12th in Canberra at the basement, February 13th in Newcastle at the Cambridge Hotel. February 14th in Sydney at Crowbar, and finally February 15th in Melbourne at the Corner Hotel. Oakley Doakley, Dr. Colossus, first ever Australian tour this February. Tickets available right now at oakleydoakley.com. See you there, neighbourinos. Alright, personals. Hmm. <laughs> Successful mayor type seeks open-minded, discreet cheerleader type. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, here's one. Desperately seeking suction. Hey, look at this one. <gasps> it's a poem. <gasps> From Apu. Don't just gasp. Read it. My darling bride Manjula, I hereby mend my ways. I'll shower you with valentines for seven love-filled days. Oh, how romantic. But I used to take out ads like that when we were newlywed. The only ad you took out was to sell our lawnmower. We sold it, didn't we? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review I'm with Cupid. I am Dando. I am Mitch. You put the emphasis on a different part of the word there. Yeah, I just thought I'd just throw, you know, ruffle Normally, some feathers and just new year, new me. <laughs> yeah, new year, new you, not hitting the two quite as hard. <laughs> uh, first podcast of 2020. Hope everybody out there had a great Christmas and new year. Thank you yeah. for allowing us to have a break as well over the, the new year's Christmas time. We, I think it's been almost a month since you recorded Ooh. the last show. I was going to say, we didn't exactly seek permission. We just did it. But yeah, thank you. Anyway. We did, but uh, and pe- but people have just they've stuck around. So if you listen to this, thank you for staying with us here at Four Figure Discount. I think everyone expects a bit of a break over Christmas time, anyway. Yeah, I think um, it's certainly a, a you know you'd be a really um, real hard taskmaster taskmaster as a fan to demand that we stayed on. I think there's two there's two sort of avenues of looking at it. It's like either you've got no time to listen to any podcast over Christmas, or you've got nothing well, you, else going on over Christmas, which yeah. is where you catch up on your podcast. So maybe we've got listeners out there going, "What the fuck's going on, guys? I've finally got time to listen, and now there's nothing." <laughs> well, anyway, not not only that, I've also um, like a lot of websites full like Kotaku, Gizmodo, those sorts of things. The um, the articles per day really start to slow down around that time of year. Yeah, they go dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we want to say before we get into the laughs and the shenanigans that usually happen here on Four Finger Discount, we want to let's say this promise, episode. Let's not promise too much. Okay, uh, I'll pretend to laugh then at least. There's some okay. sort of laughter. Um, this week's episode and every episode in the foreseeable future is going to be dedicated to everyone who has been affected by the bushfires that are literally just burning our country to the ground at the moment. Um, yeah. every, all the firefighters out there who are fighting these giant blazes and rescuing people, not just people, rescuing all the animals and to all the people who have lost everything, I can't imagine what it must feel like. Um, at, in Geelong today, we are, what, four or five hour drive from where the fires are, Mitch? Yeah, uh, at least, um, yeah. certainly a couple hundred kilometers away. And the smoke haze that has hit Geelong today, um, so, well, yeah, that far away. And if you go by the EPA, we still had hazardous air quality by the afternoon. Um, 
not only us, like I, I don't know if you saw any footage of or photos that have come out of New Zealand that the, the fires are that bad that they were actually staining the snow um, on some some of the sort of glacial snow caps. Uh, I think on the North Island, um, people like skies turned orange in New Zealand. Like it, it is that drastic at the moment. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and there's actually um. A wrestling podcast from the states, uh, the, the Solar Monster Sounds Off, who I've been a big fan of. He's the guy that basically inspired me to start my own podcast. He gave us a shout out on this week's show on, of his, and he's not much much bigger than what we are. But he was he saying really? that you know, That's th- nice. yeah, yeah, he was saying you know how we're donating the um our fifty percent of our Patreon uh, money and whatnot. But he was saying that he wasn't even aware there were bushfires in Australia. It's just not getting that much uh, coverage over there. Really. Well, I mean, either, must, he's, either he's got his head in the snow or I don't know. <laughs> it must be to a degree because um, I read that Pink donated $500 million. Yeah, um, so maybe he's just busy on the show. $500,000, sorry, $500,000. $500 million, uh, that'd be a lot of moolah. She's it would it. be a lot of moolah. <laughs> uh, and then someone else um, very quickly jumped on board. A few people have mentioned it during the Golden Globes today as well. So. Yeah, Russell Crowe or Jennifer Anderson. Well, Jennifer Anderson said Russell Crowe couldn't accept his award because he's here trying to rescue his family, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, who else? Pierce Brosnan gave a message about it. There. So it's it's starting to get out there a little bit. But it is like, you know, it's I mean, completely unprecedented and just so, so terrible what people are living through at the moment and going through. Um, you mentioned, yeah, that we've, we donated half of our patron proceeds for the last month to the uh, RSPCA side of things in particular. So something like um, an estimate, obviously, but something like 500, was it 500 million? 50 million, some staggeringly high number of uh, animals that they estimate will have been wiped out. Um, potentially it's 500, entire, 500 million, yep. It was 500 million, potentially entire species lost uh, in the East Coast, which is um, horrifying. And, you know, that may pale in comparison to people losing a home and that sort of thing, depending on where your priorities lie. But I, it, it's one of those things where there are no bad causes in a um, in a scenario like this and whatever you can give, if there is anything that you can give, you know, um, I think Australia is a pretty good country for that, that everyone will dip into their pocket when they can. Um, the one thing about it is it's quite convoluted and there's quite a lot of scenario, uh, quite a lot of options out there. So if anyone is listening to this and would like to donate to the, um, to the bushfire appeal, uh, and I mean, Australian or otherwise, um, some of the ones that I guess I would lean towards would be the Australian Red Cross Disaster Recovery and Relief, uh, Salvation Army Disaster Appeal, St Vincent de Paul have got their own bushfire appeal, the New South Wales Rural Fire Service, the Country Fire Authority in Victoria, Victorian Bushfire Appeal. Um, they're they're six that six options that are reputable. You know that your money's going to a good organisation. They're going to be um, you know doing doing everything right with it. Yeah. So, our, yeah, like we said, our thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected. Um, if you're a listener of the show and you're somehow involved in these, I'm not sure whether you'd actually be listening to the show at this point, but if you've got friends or family who are affected, just know that we are thinking of them all and we hope that, because it's only just begun, hasn't it, Mitch? Now, now it's time to, once the fires go, it's time to rebuild. Now, now this is where they yeah, really and, need our support. And you say once they go, um, there are, you know, based on forecasts, this might be another month or two at least. Um, before, before it's we completely get, gone, yeah. Well, before we get the adequate rain, yeah, to, to quash um, these fires. So, uh, And you think about how long they've already been going for. I had family in Taree, um prior to Christmas who were being threatened by some bushfires and 
you know, here we are probably three weeks after that and they're fine now, but so many other areas are still in danger and, and who knows what's to come. So it's, um, keep it front of mind for as long as you possibly can, because until it's over, there is going to be a lot of people at risk. Yeah. So like I said, thinking of you all, and if you have the spare funds, just donate what you can. I think places are taking food or not, maybe not food and Food and clothing are taking food and clothing as well? Or? Some some places are, um, but then that turns into a thing of, you know, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Don't don't just throw out your leftover shit. Shit that you don't that want. you yeah. don't want. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That, that, that's not helping anybody. But yes, let's combat that uh, that situation with some laughter, Mitch. We're here. Well, it's 4 <laughs> discount. And now the pressure is on to do that. Because yes. if you are uh, listening and you're, uh, you're hunkered down in a home and just, you know, hoping hoping that the worst doesn't come to pass and you think maybe I'll just put on Dando or Mitch, that'll lift my spirits and then we drop the ball and I'm going to feel like <laughs> I've in some way contributed. Uh, I'm with Cupid. Um, this is an episode I've, I've always really enjoyed this one ever since it first aired. Um, I've just, I've, I found it more enjoyable as I'm older. I haven't gone back and revisited it for quite a while hmm. and now that I'm a bit older, maybe I'm because I'm in a relationship, I've been married for a few years, I can just really relate to Homer being jealous of someone who's making more of an effort than him. <laughs> um, did you feel that way over the weekend when I nailed Ash's birthday present? Nah, no. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like I do make a pretty good effort, but you did. You, yeah. you want to explain? You did do a pretty good present for Ash, like a, a pretty awesome present, I should say. Yeah. So, um, for for listeners, this is just to get my gift giving credentials out of the way early. Uh, Ash turns thirty this Wednesday, but we had the party on the weekend. And I've managed to, in secret, organise a trip over to Queenstown. Um, A lot of family and friends have, you know, contributed to make this possible as well. And thank you to everyone who did. Um, But when we went to New Zealand years ago, Ash really desperately wanted to go uh, to do the AJ Hackett Never Spongy Jump. Um, But rather selflessly thought that that would take up too much time and decided not to. So um, I thought we'll probably, you know, it was sort of once in a lifetime type thing that she passed up. So we are organizing a trip back over to New Zealand on the Australia Day long weekend um, specifically for that. We fly in on a Saturday, we'll fly back on a Monday and it's literally come in, check in, the next day we'll go do the jump, the following day we go home. Except you had that awkward moment where, you know when you're doing like the um, who am I yeah. questions, right, at a trivia and it gets to the last question, it's like first name Troy Last name, <laughs> Selwood, and the person still can't get it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because it's Troy Selwood. <laughs> exactly, but you know what I mean? Like, it was, you're like, God, the clues are AJ, Hackett, yeah. New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, she was starting to put it together, but uh, it was also pretty obscure. But I had to do a verbal unwrapping of the gift because, the, the, you know, there was no box to open. It reminded me of, um, you know, when you used to watch Amazing and James Sherry gets to the final clue and you had to uh-huh. spell the word for the kids <laughs> and still couldn't get it. spelling it on the keyboard, <laughs> telling them where the letters are. Yeah. <laughs> you have to run over and do it for them. But anyway, um, yeah. And you know what I appreciated? That this one, because it's, you know, the Valentine's Day episode, it actually aired on Valentine's Day for its first yeah. era. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, cool. I did read that and that was at the sort of, well, Fox had requested that they did a Valentine's Day theme because it was going to be on during Valentine's Day. Ah, okay. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, mm. and I, I do they do Valentine's Day episodes very often? I, they did the um the clip show. I'm not sure whether that was Valentine's Day and more just um, love stories though. Yeah, I don't think it was Valentine's Day specifically. Obviously, the Choo Choo's choose you. Um, oh, of course. Fuck yeah, um, Stupid not, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure again though if that actually aired on Valentine's Day or if it was just around the mark. 
it's just based around it. Yeah, yeah. But um, but this one, I think it's just a hell of a lot of fun. Good cameo from Elton John. Can't be kind of random at times, but all in all, I thought it was pretty fun. I really loved the um the stake out at the end. The sta- with, well, um, yeah. Um, all of those shenanigans were very very fun as they were just <laughs> following a poo around. It almost felt like a uh, Starsky and Hutch episode or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. like right. an eighties. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, there's I always ha- like that one guy like a poo though, isn't there? Who just has to try and just outdo everybody. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Apu's not trying to outdo anybody here. He's not set out to do uh, that. I feel like he was, like, he wasn't at the start, but then he sort of built his reputation where he's like, now, it's sort of like dug himself in a hole, but at, no, at I, the same I time, think, he was... I think he was rather oblivious to it, because he's, he's even oblivious to the fact that they're following him. So, I don't think he's, for a moment, considered the impact on the rest of the town. And you think about, like, it's already established that he knows very little about American relationships and American ways. So he he was kind of oblivious to what was going on in Manjula's mind. He certainly would have been oblivious to what was going on in the relationships of other people. I mean, he had to do it because he had been a pretty shit husband. 18-hour workdays. <laughs> yeah, weekends. Um, but overall... <laughs> fuck, I, I just realised I gave away one of my trivia questions. Uh, um... <laughs> I also really, really enjoyed this episode, though probably um, as much as anything that I that I've watched this season, and and dipping into some in season nine as well. Like I, I um, there's just a lot of comedy in here that gets back. Actually, you know what I think it is? It's less about wacky scenarios, and this one at its core, it's more just about um, comedy around relationships with you know interrelationships with other people and relationships with your own partners. Like it, it's just an incredibly relatable episode. You don't need to put yourself in some fantastical scenario to, to come across this. Um, obviously some of the actual gifts aren't realistic. You, you know, I, I can't yeah. imagine anyone's ever chocolate coated themselves, but, but it's not too zany. It does like it, it fits, it fits well and truly within the realms of kind of cartoon possibility. 100%. I just sort of... It just dawned on me, though, that... Why was Mo annoyed? He doesn't have a partner. No, he's got the, st- the chick that he's stalking. Oh, the stalker, of course. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stalk- well, stalky. Stalky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, with... um, Like, this is obviously aired in, what, 1999. Mm. These days, the people like a poo, it's all on social media. You know, they, they do these things so they can take a photo of it, put it on social media and brag about how great of a husband they are. I mean, those yeah. people really annoy me. I'm like, I read, sometimes I click through Facebook and I don't go on there very often anymore, but I think you couldn't just tell your wife how much you love her. You had to put a big spiel on Facebook about how much you love her and tag her in it and everything. Like, Why, mm. why can't you just tell her? It does go both ways though, because sometimes you get the opposite of, well, why don't you ever say anything on Facebook that's nice about me? But thankfully, Nicola is a grown adult, and she doesn't need the uh, the the praise from you know the, the attention on social media. Well, some She's people just... like the validation. I know that's what I mean, but it's like, why? <laughs> I just I don't know. I I'm, I if I want to tell Nicola I love her, I'll just write her a little note and leave it on the kitchen bench yeah. for her to wake up and find. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I'm I'm much I'm I'm much in that boat as well. And for me, it's like. It, my general defense, if it's, well, why haven't you said anything on Facebook about me? It's like, well, because if you look at my profile, I haven't posted anything since like November. So Yeah, I, I don't I go on Facebook you. ever. <laughs> I, I occasionally put photos of Elliot and that's about it. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing too. So Simpsons staying true to style. Um, when they were speaking Hindu in this, they were legitimately speaking Hindu. Oh yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah, when they're having that argument, which was hilarious. Yeah, something <laughs> I think we should spaceship. close the door. <laughs> what was your favourite moment from it? Um, my favourite moment, oh, there, there were quite a few um, to try to choose from for me this week, but I, I really liked the um, Homer's summing up the problems of marriage. The problems, communication. Too much communication. That's a really iconic line, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Homer's just got, occasionally got these quotes that are just, that will stand the test of time. That will yeah. never not be relatable. Like, yeah. this was, what, 20, not... 20 years ago and it still, it still relates today. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not just the quote, it's the, the way it's framed, like the, um, the, the staging of that joke is every bit as funny as the writing of it. Yeah, exactly. I really appreciated um, Homer reading the box of cereal in bed. I don't know why, it's just the visual. <laughs> <laughs> and I also loved Flanders fighting dirty, stealing Moe's hair. <laughs> yeah, well... I wonder if that was intentional or if he just grabbed at whatever he could on the way that's out. What, that's what I mean. He's just, yeah, he's just grabbed what he could and, man, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that, oh, well, at least I got this. Like, it's just a little token. <laughs> a yeah, token yeah. that I didn't come out empty-handed. <laughs> exactly. And I, I just wanted to say that for some reason, I remember as a kid, I really loved the delivery from a poo when he was in the chocolate. The help, I can't breathe. I don't know why. When I was a kid, I just thought that was the fucking funniest thing on television. Yeah. I watch it now and I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's not like... I used to watch it like not over and over and over again, but I would go back, rewind it and watch it because I thought it was just so funny, but mm. eh, it is what it is. Um, well, I guess when you were a kid, you it could purely have been the aspect of... You're like You get lost of, oh my God, imagine if he was in the chocolate. Of course he wouldn't be able to breathe. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the shock value as a kid, piecing it together. From this day forward, your names will be... Uh, Pat Wright with, well, well, I mean, kind of lazily stealing the same pun, but Cupid is as Cupid does. And Joseph yeah, Henshaw along the same lines with Crazy Cupid Love. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move away from people that have just taken the same... Uh, Neil Parks with... You're just the... shitting on them. Like, it's not, they're not bad names. This is what happens when I read them out live. Neil Parks with Lenny and the Jets. Now, aside from the fact that Elton John is in that, I'm not sure if there's a massive connection. Is Lenny at the airport? I don't think he is. Yeah. Joseph O'Hara, 12 Things I Hate About a Poo. <laughs> That's... Oh, well, how many... It should be seven things I hate about a poo. But I guess... I, wasn't it seven things he did? Like, the week of Valentine's Day? Um, did he say 12? He said... Why 12? Well, yeah, because 12 things I had about you. That's 10 things I had about you. Oh. Oh, it is. Whoops. Yeah, I'm okay, confused. so that's off the list. <laughs> um, Jesus, someone give me this something. This really is what happens when you read them out live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Covered Husband from Andy Gengler. Mm-hmm. That works. The do's and do not do's of marriage repair from Charlie Wardale. Give us one more, then read yours out. Um, one more. To save this train wreck. <laughs> um, I can't do that. Steve Matthews has asked me to sing something, but I'm not sure what the song is actually based off, so I have no idea. Um, okay. Uh, Kira June, Roses are Red and Also Quite Thorny. Apu loves Manjula and it makes him quite corny. I like it. Yeah. I thought you were going right. one way, then it was a quick detour. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Little little chicane at the end. It's a Ryan Johnson uh, film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, you enjoyed Knives Out? Yeah, he did a really good job. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah, excellent. Um, my alternate title was So It's Come to This, a Simpsons consumerist holiday crossover. 
Yeah, that works. I'm I'm surprised they they probably would go for that if you had a picture in the meeting. Possibly, but I'm never. They love they love their so it's come to this. I was gonna say I'm <laughs> never allowed within fifty meters of that room. Next question. You there eating the paste? I will. No, actually, no. You commence because I've already given one of my questions away. Uh, oh, okay then. Um, my first question: How many pennies were left at the quickie mart? My first question: How many pennies were left at the quickie mart? <laughs> okay. My second question. Uh, my alternate backup question, and seven for people playing at home. Yes. Um, yep. Where could you get emergency pennies from? Jerry's store. Jerry's jar. Jerry's jar. Okay. What? Who's Jerry? No idea. It's a, okay. it's a reference that was really lost on me. Yeah, it must mean something. Yeah, um, apparently, my, Jerry my fa- loves his pennies. He does. My final question. What does Marge find in the bed sheets? Final question? You haven't asked me any questions yet. Oh, you gave one away and then you had one that was the same. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've got no questions left. Um, um, pickles? Is it? Pickle she- slices, correct, yes. Yeah, pickle slices. Um, okay, so my second question. What was in the dinner? Like, good what rice, was the- good curry... Good. No, I know that's his that's his um prayer. But when Marge says this is delicious, what's in oh, this? Uh, um, peas and lentils served with uh, rice. Very close. Chickpeas, lentils, and rice. Chickpeas, lentils, and yeah. rice. And okay. what's in this? Yeah. Chickpeas and lentils. And, Try it with uh, rice. <laughs> yeah. And my final question is: um, What was the second personal ad that Bart was starting to read out? What was it, or who was it from? What was it? So he reads one from Mayor Quimby and then he gets Desperately seeking suction or something. Yeah. (laughs) Just a nice little 90s reference in there. Yes. Uh, Okay, thank you. That is trivia for this week. That was a bit of a train wreck as well because all my questions were stolen or I read them out too early. This is what happens when we take a week off. It's the Patreon mailbag time. Before we get into the Patreon mailbag, we've got some $5 shout outs, some new patrons. So thank you to Fiatra. It's... F I A C H R A. Fiatra? Fiacra. If I see. Fiatra Horgan. Robert Moore. Francis Adrian. Dom Saucy. That's a good last name. Tom Jennifer Saucy. Mc- yeah. Jesus. That's a great so, name. Yeah. It sounds like he should be a uh, late night lounge singer. Yeah. Or oh, like a late night hot dogs TV host. Yeah. You were Dom Saucy it- here. Yeah, it could be that as well. But I just prefer it to be. Something that sounds slightly classy, because I want to hear it in that voice of, um, coming up at 11pm, the musical stylings of Don Saucy. I, I was thinking of him being like the love song dedications kind of guy. You hear oh, yeah. Dom Saucy. <laughs> uh, Jennifer McKay, uh, Emma Monk, Aidan Murray, Monk. Jordan... Monk. M-O-N-K. Monk. Oh, N-K. Sorry. Didn't hear you properly. I thought you said Monk. Like, l- l- I was just imagining how brittle her bones were going to be. <laughs> Emma Monk, uh, Aidan Murray, Jordan Diddy, and Jamie Gale. Thank you so much for your support. And of course, the Patreon Mailbag is brought to you by our beloved $20 patrons, David Harrington and Jordan Ritchie. Now, we've got two special um, shout-outs this week. Mm. Uh, one from for Seth Wiens, who has donated $100 to choose uh, a particular episode of us to review this month. And he wants us to review the episode, Girls Just Want to Have Sums which is okay. from season 17, episode 19, and it's where uh, Springfield Elementary gets a new principal and she decides to split the genders of the kids. So boys with boys, girls with girls, I believe, and Lisa pretends to be a boy in protest. Okay, yeah. okay cool. Well, we'll get on that. That actually sounds... I haven't seen that episode, but that sounds like a really cool premise. Yeah, and 
Timothy Belson has asked us to review a really new episode, one that I actually watched last night, just mm. randomly, because um, I've been flicking through season 31. So it's called Girls... Oh, no, sorry, it's Marge the Lumberjill. It's episode six of the newest season, season 31. And as you can imagine, Marge becomes a successful Lumberjill. But what he liked about it, what I liked about it as well, is that the family, she has to go to some sort of tournament in Portland, Oregon. And most Simpsons fans would be aware that's where Matt Groening's from. That's where, you know, a lot of, you got the street names are based on a lot of character names and whatnot. Well, not based on it. The characters were based on the street names, I should say. And um, yeah, it's just the family all go to Portland and it's really cool. Like, it's a lot of meta gags, but Portland just seems like a fucking great place to be. Yeah, I have a friend um, who moved to Portland uh, a couple of years ago and their life seems to have improved for the better. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just everything looks really... It looks like there's a beautiful backdrop to every photo. (laughs) That's exactly what this episode sort of encaptures. It just seems like such a nice place, both visually and just environment, like just the vibe of the place, yeah. Wasn't, um, am I right in thinking Kindergarten Cop was set in Portland? I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you at all. Let's assume that I am until I'm told otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) I do know that dude takes the kid and climbs a giant tower at the end, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yes. Um, And that... Well, Who was kid- that guy? What's his name? Because he was a he was a really good oh, at playing an evil dude. Yeah, I don't know what the actor's name was. Really sleazy haircut though. That's how he, he knew he was the bad guy. Yeah, he was kind of looked like Val Kilmer, if I remember. Uh, yeah, a little bit like big square jaw, ponytail. Yeah, just like big, big blockhead. <laughs> mm. um, but anyway, let's get into the uh, patron mailbag. So Brandon Delaney and Emma Monk, they both had a similar question, basically. What are one of the most romantic or special things that we've done for our wives? Uh, well, there was that time that uh, you were out of town and I took Nicola out to Parker's Steakhouse. Um, yeah, had, she said she enjoyed that night. Yeah, She said yeah. the after party was much better though. Where'd you yeah, take can, her? Candlelit. Uh, the after party, we went to... Uh, Texas Roadhouse? Uh, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse for coffee and <laughs> toasted sandwiches. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, most romantic thing that I've done for Ash. Um, oh, like I've done nice things. I don't know that I've ever laid on the romance all that much. Yeah, to find, it's like to find romantic. I, I think maybe when I gave up every single penny and borrowed some from my parents... Um, from my bank account, so I can go visit Nicola's family and surprise her in England. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah never, ne- had had never been on a plane before. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, yep, up to the age of twelve. Uh, first flight. Yeah, I was pretty scary. I think I've explained on the podcast. I weren't going to let me in because I yeah. could, didn't know her. I didn't realize you'd need to know the address of where you're going to stay. I just didn't think. I never done oh, it before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they weren't going to let me in because I couldn't and prove where I was going to stay. <laughs> would have sounded creepy as hell too. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just some girl that I like. I'm going to knock on her door. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's a romantic thing to do Travel to the other side of the world To surprise yep. your soon-to-be wife Yeah, let's go with that um, I once baked Ash a set of cookies uh, And spelled I love you in the chop chips oh, But I also oh, oh, yeah um, The less romantic truth to that Is that that was taken from an idea of a time That I did the same thing for mum And wrote Happy Mother's Day in the chop I chips I thought you were going to say for your ex <laughs> Oh, no. Well, it worked for the first one. It'll work on this one. Uh, Jonathan Rossi says, building off of um, off of Emma and Brandon's question, what's the most romantic thing our wives have done for us? Big or small? Does it have to be romantic? Just something that meant the most to you. Oh, I actually remember um... the first time I generally like felt like Nicola was the greatest person in the world was when, actually, 
when I surprised her in England, she thought, well, okay, he's done this. I need to sort of up my game. And hmm. she then surprised me whilst I was over there with a weekend away in Liverpool. Um, oh, booked okay. us booked us a room at the Beatles Hotel, took me to the Cavern Club, just on a Beatles like tour around Liverpool yep. to all the sites and whatnot. Got to go to Strawberry Fields. That was that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, I forgot about the Beatles connection for a second there. I was like, well, that's the first time anyone's ever equated to a weekend in Liverpool with romance. <laughs> Um, uh, look, well, look, a recent thing that Ash did for me, um, it's gone back a few weeks, but I'd had a kind of, um, I was a little bit run down. I've just been very busy and just, or basically just gave me a massage when I got home and completely non-sexualized, just, you know, enjoy the next 20 minutes and sw- switch off your head. Apologies for listeners. If you can hear Elliot screaming his head off out there. He's having a great time. Our next question comes from... Glenn Gomes, he says, who's the biggest celebrity you have met, not including those who we've interviewed on the podcast? Uh, Do you know, I, I once played table tennis against Nelly. Yeah, really? Yeah. I went to, because I used to do like a lot of stuff in radio and whatnot, and then I had like backstage tickets. My friend was doing the PR for this. There was like this R&B, like a festival tour, uh, Superfest, I think it was called. Yeah. This is before, this is before I even met Nicola. And um, yeah, I was backstage and like, Fucking Snoop Dogg was there. You rocked up really late, but Nelly was just there wanting someone to play table tennis with him. <laughs> Does Nelly bring his own paddles? I, I don't know, but um, but he's really good at table tennis. Yeah, he wasn't taking over- it seriously. He's just really good. Overhand surf, or does he go with the Asian grip? <laughs> no, nah, he goes for the, you know, where you sort of hit it really quickly and it sort of goes over the net really, really fast, really yeah. low. Yep. Yeah, he's one of those. Um, yeah. But he, he like... He was just a really nice guy. I, I, I said to him straight out, I'm like, dude, I know like two of your songs. And he goes, yeah, fucking everyone knows two of my songs. <laughs> I'm like, at least you can accept that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of anyone that I haven't already discussed or any, anyone yeah. that I haven't already mentioned. On I, think the I, mentioned that I, saw, I think I mentioned that I saw the Rolling Stones once or saw Mick Jagger through the door frame, remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he's, he's the most um, famous person I've seen besides I mean, a concert. Got- yeah, and we got yelled at by Alec Baldwin, um, which is... Oh, yeah, fun. of course. Fuck. Oh, no, you met Christopher Nolan. That's pretty cool. Briefly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but, like, pretty much any anyone that I've got that's got a bit of juice in it, I've already told those stories. Yeah, exactly, because that's all we've got going on. Like, something like that happens, we we just have to talk did, about it straight away. I, did, I mean, in terms of Australian fame, I did walk into a bar um, a few years back at the height of Hawthorne's... Uh, well, actually, it must have been 2013. So, like, in that first premiership year. Um, <coughs> I mean... T- <coughs> oh, hang on. Yeah, because he won... Yeah, sorry. Um, so, in 2013, walked into a bar and there was Lance Franklin, um, Jordan Lewis, Xavier Alice, Shane Savage, um, and one or two other Hawthorne players just all sort of chilling out at a bar in... Um, what's that main... That main shopping street in... Chapel Street? Chapel Street. That's the one. Um, so that, like, in terms of a cluster of famous people, that that's probably it. Yeah, cool. Fair enough. And, like, you being a Hawthorne fan, you would have been in heaven. Yeah. Um, and just, like, didn't ask for autographs or anything like that, but very just sort of politely said hello and asked how... Uh, made small chat about pre-season and that sort of thing. How do you start small chat with a group of footy players without coming across like you're obviously a, a fan? Oh, no. So, you know, you, you can't. And no matter what <laughs> words I said, I basically, what I was hearing in my head was Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber going, hey guys, big gulps, huh? <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> well, see you later. Oh, that's like the greatest improvised line of all time, by the way. <laughs> uh, next question, David Abbott-Smith. What's your favourite Alton John song? For him, it's either I'm Still Standing or Tiny Dancer, depending on the mood he is in. I've mm-hmm. always been very fond of... Um, the way you look tonight. Yeah, nice. Um, I'd always like Daniel. Um, mm. But after seeing Elton John in concert, I've got to say that um, Candle in the Wind was put into a whole new perspective for me. Just Because um, it was a bit, little bit of a interactive, well, visual concert as well. And they were playing some clips of um, Marilyn Monroe over the top of it. And it just, okay. uh, it just hit me in a way that had never really hit me before. Um, so I, I found a connection to that. It was pretty cool. You know, some people debate that the lyrics are fucked up in that song. Not fucked up, but should have been. Because I think it says your legend. That what's it say? The candle you burned candle. out long before your legend ever did. Mm. But it should have been legend ever will because ever it's basically will. saying yeah. that you're no longer a legend anymore. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, it's just it's not that important. But I know a lot of diehard fans. Marilyn Monroe fans wish that he had said will instead of did apparently or something along those lines anyway uh, a couple more questions before we get into the review Talia Enrique says what message would you have a Skyrider deliver to your wife Um, answer your fucking phone (laughs) Nicola is shocking now with not answering her phone she leaves it in her handbag she's become my mum it's a lot of letters she's become (laughs) your (laughs) mum keep your eyes on the road is Ash one that's prone to getting distracted easily while she's driving uh, that's, that's a very interesting question to ask me the day after Ash backed into my car that was in the driveway. Um, oh, you're kidding. No. Man, um, your car's been through the wars, man. Yeah, fortunately she hit the same side that already needed to be repaired. So what, okay. So how did, how does she do that? Uh, well, she, her car was overstuffed with a lot of the, um, uh, birthday paraphernalia that was due to be returned. My car was parked in the driveway because my side of the garage was also fairly well stocked with all that birthday stuff. And it was just a little bit hurried. She was ducking out very quickly to the supermarket and there has probably never been a car in the driveway in all of our time of living in the house. So it was just without looking force of habit, just drove straight back. Oh, wow. Much damage? Oh, lots. <laughs> oh, seriously. Oh man, you need to post a photo on the group. I need to see this. No, I can't do that to her. She she felt awful, so I'm not gonna so, just not, just send send it to me then. Send it to me. Yeah, I'll send a photo it. to you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame her though. Um, no, don't do that. Okay. Very little damage oh. to her car, so at least there's only one insurance claim out of this. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no way of having this paid for. Like you you have to pay the the excess. There's no way around it. Yeah. Um. I've, it's just a debate now of do I put it on her policy or mine because she's got a slightly lower excess but a higher premium, and I've got to do the maths and work out. I think I'm, I think on principle, she needs to put it on hers. <laughs> Final question, Lloyd Mitchell, uh, inspired by the picture. So the picture was uh, Alton John singing to a Pooh Manjula on top of the cricket mat. If you could have one private concert with any musician, alive or dead, who would it be? Alive or dead? Ooh. That throws it into a whole new area, doesn't it? I mean, if um, I could throw... Obviously, the obvious one for me is to get the original Beatles together and play a little acoustic set for me with yep. the piano. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, I would really like... S-Club be... 7. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Tim Friedman because I saw... A few years ago, we did um, a show that was Tim Friedman's Intimate Fireside Chat. So it was a combination of 
songs and then telling the stories behind the songs. And he only got about three quarters of the way through his career just because the stories went on for a bit long. I would He's the Whitlam's, de- yeah? Yeah. I would yeah, dearly yeah, yeah. love to have had an extra hour of that concert to get to the end of his career and hear a few more of those stories. Yeah. Maybe he needs a part two tour. Mm. Cool. I you know what a, a show I used to really enjoy? Back when music channels, you know, played stuff with musicians, um, was VH1 Storytellers. Did you ever watch that show? No, I didn't. Ah, so basically it's that kind of thing where you're just explaining with Tim Friedman. So basically the, the really big name mus- uh, bands would get into a small studio. They used to do it on the um, on Max as well. I think they call it the Max Sessions. Yeah. And um, I remember watching Neil Finn do one and they would just play their hits, but they wouldn't play them like full band. It would just be like sort of toned down versions of it. But in between each song, they would explain what they were feeling and what the song's meant to be about. Um, yeah, okay. yeah it's great stuff. Check it out. VH1 Storytellers. Um, anyway, let's get into a review of I'm with Cupid because I've got food to eat and you've got places mm, to too. be. I'm assuming you're going to the gym. Anyway. Uh, no, I'm eating burritos tonight. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good time had by all. Uh, I'm with Cupid. And as we mentioned on February 14th, 1999, the chalkboard gag is Hillbillies Are People too, And the couch gags, the family have all traded their hair and Maggie falls off because she can't bear the weight of Marge's hair. The episode kicks off with Marge and Homer putting the kids to bed. Bart's got an assignment. Uh, this is this is basically my childhood. <laughs> like <laughs> my, my my parents would always help me out. Uh, for some reason, I was always the kid in the class that would have the best uh, like like little diorama or whatever. And I, I yep. guess I was the only kid that had parents that would help them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does help. I did grow up in Norlane. <laughs> But I remember, um, like, yeah, like we we had this volcano I had to make. And my dad made this giant paper mache volcano oh, for me. Yeah, you just reminded me. Actually, we had to do a um, I don't fucking know even remember what the point of this assignment was. But um, my dad helped me make a massive paper mache replica of Mount Buller. Um, mm, I don't know yeah. if it was exactly the scale, but we had like chairlifts and all sorts of shit going on in there. So it's one thing dads are good at: is paper mache mountains, and yeah. volcanoes, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marge goes to get all the equipment from the Pooh store. This is where we get the uh, the intro to a Pooh for the episode. Fights them over for dinner. It's just, I guess, this, they just need a reason for a Marge and a Pooh to, to talk about shit. To, to um, mingle, so. yeah. Okay, paper mache mix, pipe cleaners, big intestines, and sparkle paint. You're a lifesaver, Apu. All the other stores are closed. <gasps> At 11.30? But this is the peak hour for stoned teenagers buying shiny things. Whoa! It's a living mirror! Cool hat! Well, I'm glad you're always here, but isn't it a little rough on your marriage? You know Manjula understands. I told her that Endless Doyle is the only true path out of this jerkwaterberg. Well, when you have a free night, we'd love to have you two over for dinner. Well, please do not be insane. You hosted our wedding. The least we can do is have you over for dinner. It is payback time, and this time, it's personal. I, I did like that they referenced the, uh, the wedding, because um, Marge is like, mm. oh, you can just come to our place. He's like, no, no, you, you've hosted our wedding. It's our turn, yeah. um, which makes sense. A little attention to detail there. Marge, um, she actually does a fucking great job with this, doesn't she? Oh, nails it. <laughs> like, it's, it's actually a body. <laughs> a, a completely working replica of the digestive system. It's it reminded incredible. me, just visually, um, do you ever see those books when we're growing up called How Our Body Works? 
Uh, look, I probably would have come across yeah. something like that. It was just like a, back in the day when you'd pay like $5.95 a week or whatever and you'd get one piece yeah, of right. something with each magazine. And yeah, okay. you'd, eventually with the whole set, you would build this human body that you could just piece together bit by bit. It kind of looked like that anyway. But um, yeah. I'm sure there's some listeners out there who would remember it. Um, and yeah, we get to the kids on the... So Bart's like super happy with it. Um, they get it to, on the bus. Apparently, every parent wanted to help out their kids because some of the stuff they've got on that bus is great. Mm. Martin's got a brain and shit. Yeah. Um, but then Nelson ruins the day. He shoves the... Um, it's actually quite funny. Shoves the intestine into the mouth. It's got nowhere to go. It explodes. And, and that's the end of that little storyline. Basically, <laughs> pre- predates the human centipede. It's a solo human centipede that he creates. Oh, yeah. Man, I remember... I, I, that movie still haunts me. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just well, fucked from start to know, finish. I had a nightmare about that movie once and I've not seen the movie. It's just because I know the premise. I, I once had a dream where I kind of made up and visualized what I imagined it must be like. And it was pretty you know, fucked up. You know what some movies are just really fucked up, but you've still got the back of your mind, at least it'll be resolved at the end of this? Yeah. You get to the end of The Human Centipede and you go, well, now I just feel like killing myself. Like It's yeah. just like it, it leaves you feeling so depressed. It's a yeah, horrible, good. horrible movie. That's a good quote for the poster. <laughs> a poo... Um, and Manjula are uh, getting ready to have the Simpsons over, worrying about Sanjay. It's so true. When like when you're dedicated to your work, like uh, this is what I'm like. Well, I'm not so much now. I've chilled out now because basically work told me to chill out. But I'd be <laughs> worried that when I'm on holiday, that if someone else is doing my job, they're not going to do it right. Yeah. Are, are you like that? If someone's trying to do your role, do you uh, worry that, that? Yeah. In the role that I'm in now, it's not so much that because it's more of a team than it is individual. Yeah, yeah. But I have been like that in the past where... Um, particularly when I was working in banking and it was a case of like you develop relationships with people and I would leave pretty in-depth instructions on like how to talk to this person and what this person likes and then like make sure we get the best rates for these guys and that sort of thing. Yeah. And and also if they fuck it up, you know you're going to be left behind with a, like a mess to yeah. clean up when you get back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was but pretty I did, cool here. I did yeah. also like it though, if there was just enough of a fuck up that it's not like a permanent wreck of anything, but you can come back and make it, oh, I know, I'm so sorry. Anyway, I'm here to fix it all now. <laughs> and if, and if, you've, if you do something wrong, you can say, oh, no, that was whilst I was away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Mar- uh, not Marge, uh, Apu and Manjula uh, flirting here, getting a little hot and heavy. I like a poo here. Maybe we should not answer it. <laughs> Doors unlocked. <laughs> uh, the women then discuss the shame about their home. What a lovely home. Oh, you are too kind, Marge. I am sure you have noticed the many small imperfections that fill me with shame. No, 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 no. If anything, your home makes me ashamed of my home. Well, let us just say we both feel bad. Deal. I guess some people are like this. It, you know, when you've got people over and you always feel like, you, have, you feel like you just have to say, oh, sorry about the mess. Mm. If, even though you really don't have to. You, you know these people don't give a fuck that the house is slightly messy, but you just say it anyway. Yeah, um, Ash was like that. Uh, when I, they couldn't end up making it, but I invited some people around last night and she's like, oh, but the house is a mess. I'm like, these people have been my friends since I was, well, one of them since I was like 12. Yeah. He's not going to come around and judge the fact that there's some socks out. <laughs> like, no, they, they don't care. Like, like yeah. Now Nicola doesn't give a shit. She just leaves the, the, her knickers drying underneath the heater at the yeah. land room. But <laughs> yeah, mum life. Um, Apu shows uh, the music. This is a funny audio 
gag, wasn't it? How it's all sped up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then slowed down to uh, Frank Sinatra. Amazing. Yeah. And the concert against Bangladesh. Um, do you know the concert for Bangladesh? Yes. Yeah. So that was in, uh, the gig. I've heard of it. Cha- and as long that as there's ch- no follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> that was a charity gig that George Harrison put together. Um, oh, I okay. In the 70s. Yeah. But yeah. So concert against Bangladesh. Then Manjula unfortunately finds out the truth that Apu has been... He's just hes just a workaholic. It's just the way he is. It's not yeah. that he wants to not be with Manjula. It's just that he wants to make sure that the Quickie Mart, you know... It's, it's like his, his second wife. It was his first love. And first he wants wife. to make sure that it's... Yeah, it was, his, it was. Exactly. Yeah, it was his first love. And he wants to make sure it's run properly. Yep. But you can understand Manjula being upset because, you know, she's been left at home for... 18 hours a day by herself. She would never, ever see her husband. And no. he, and the fact that he... I guess it's the fact that he's lied to her, saying that it's an American tradition. <laughs> yeah. You told me it was an American tradition to work all the time and never see your wife. Yes, perhaps I stretch the truth a bit, but the quickie mark, she is a harsh mistress. I think you just don't want to see me. <laughs> Maybe we should just close the door. Maybe we should leave. Uh-uh, no way. I don't want to miss a word. You don't know what they're saying. I'm picking it up. Sala seems to mean jerk, and I think Manjula means some kind of spaceship. Ah, uh, this could take a while, folks. Thank you. Come again. Oh, I hope we didn't get our poo in too much trouble. Oh, they're newlyweds. They'll just talk things out and top it off with some loving. Oh, dear. Mmm. Either put that book down or let me drive. Hey, they stole our idea. See, look. Now, I was watching this in, uh, or wearing headphones, and that joke was actually done in stereo, which was kind of cool. As they drove right of screen, the uh, the dialogue started to fade away into the right speaker. It's actually, because I watch most of the episodes in, um, with the headphones on, most episodes are like that. And you yeah, don't realise right. it until you're wearing headphones. But yeah, that's what, yeah, I think when The Simpsons, it would have been like, I don't know one of the earlier seasons, maybe season three or four, it used to come up at the start saying in stereo, like it was a big deal. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it does. It just sort of makes it feel like you're watching it surround sound, doesn't it? It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, cool. Like, oh, sorry, it does. It's, it's very cool. Just, you know, nice attention to yeah. detail. I thought you were going to say the book going through the window went from left to right. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Homer, come back from commercial, and Homer is choosing a card for Marge. Some great cards here. <laughs> he goes with... um. What's it? Uh, you're appealing, let's never split. Yep. Yeah. So long, rejects. To a great blacksmith. Nah, I already got him one. <laughs> How good is that? I feel like being a card writer would be a lot of fun, but it'd be a lot of hard work because there's just so many ideas would already be taken. Uh, yeah, but, that would be a but, nightmare. But the thing is, though, I feel like it's one of those jobs where if you write the, the, the proper card, you could live off of it for a while. Kind of like a musician. Kind of like Meatloaf living off Bad Out of Hell. Um, yeah, or more to the point, more like a commercial musician. So like someone that writes a 15 second jingle that mm. becomes catchy. The Lubemobile guy, like the royalties oh. that the Lubemobile guy would have got would have been insane. Lubemobile will come to you. Tell me more. Lubemobile. On 13, 30, 32. Tell me more. Lubemobile. Lubemobile can do the lot. All more off a song the spot. There's just one thing you need. 
Pooh is worried that Manjula is upset, and for good reason. And this is where he gets the idea to uh, to shower her with gifts the the seven days leading up to Valentine's Day. Feel sorry for little Santa's help, uh, Santa's little helper here, bringing the uh, newspaper in. It's a pretty mm. big fucking newspaper. I've never seen a newspaper that big in my life. Mm, well, not that big, no. But I mean, the Sunday section does have a lot of filler material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what isn't filler though is a Pooh's poem to Manjula. Mm-hmm. Um, just. Uh, I guess this is him. This is the 1999 equivalent of putting out a social media post, putting a thing in the newspaper so everyone can read it. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. We also get a little gag there with Homer talking about, you know, just claiming that he used to do this. Like, remember when I put an ad in the paper? You only put one ad in the paper and that was for a mower. We (laughs) sold it, didn't we? (laughs) Uh, So good. (laughs) Then uh, Marge and Manjula are playing a bit of a badminton, right? Uh, Yeah, playing badminton. Yeah, yeah. Because that's apparently uh, uh, a thing that they do now. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Like, okay. I thought only um, the rich people play that, you know, <laughs> ball ones. <laughs> um, Manjula's explaining some of the things, you know, the wildflowers and whatnot, and then he's trained a parrot to sing. And what's great about Marge and Homer in bed talking about that? Homer's like, I hate that song. Marge's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, but you know, but it was sweet. <laughs> I just thought that was real. I just got a good uh, chuckle out of that. Then we get the life-size chocolate. A chocolate husband. Oh, how darling. Help! I can't breathe! Oh, a poo! Oh, you are the sweetest feeling of all. Air. I need air. Oh, a poo. Oh, but my ears are filled with nougat. Oh, dear. Oh, There's no. a nut in my eye. Now, Wiggum. Now, Wiggum's starting to see the effects, isn't he? Oh, Wiggum. This was another contender for me for favourite part of the episode. <laughs> what a joke Ten- this is. These Ten dollars a pill. These, oh man, so funny. <laughs> Ten dollars a pill. <laughs> like it's a lot. <laughs> oh man, and now it's because it's you know been taken over Springfield. Everyone's talking about it. You get a news report, um, and we get your favorite moment: the too much communication. <laughs> Everybody's marriage is falling apart except ours. See, the problem's communication. Too much communication. Now all the men are gathered at Moe's, which is kind of convenient. Like, why the fuck is Skinner at Moe's? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is yeah, the, fair point. Like, all, all the, all, they just needed the men to be together. Like, I, I guess Homer's rounded them all up, but anyway. Yeah. The scene actually reminds me a little bit of the scene in um, Pleasantville when all of the men, uh, all of the black and white remaining men are talking about, you know, what's going on in their wives. And it's like that sort of, Almost like a town meeting, but un- unofficial town meeting, just of men. Yeah, just a convenient town meeting, yeah. Um, and they're all, you know, saying they've got to get a poo back, they've got to stop him because he's ruining everything, and just Mo here is the best. <laughs> this Valentine's crap has gone too far. Edna oh, won't even let me clap her erasers. My Barbara will no longer pleasure me with the French arts. The gal I'm stalking had me bump back to 200 feet. Oh, oh, that's man. too far. And ask yourselves, people, who's to blame for all this? Well, I guess we are. I suppose I do take Maud for granted. Oh, yeah, I've done some of that myself. Will you stop it? It's easy to blame ourselves. 
But it's even easier to blame Apu. He's making us look bad. Ah, jeez, he's got everything but the Shriners. Hey, watch it. You're all over the road. We gotta stop that traitor, Apu. Yeah! Right after happy hour. Yeah! Drinking will help us play. That's too far. And then we get Apu yelling past with Manjula in a horse and carriage. He's got everything but the Shriners. Nope, he's got the Shriners. We come back and now it's time. I think this is. I think the final act of this episode was the best. The whole episode was was good, but I think the last act was the most enjoyable for me. I think it's an episode that largely kept building as it went along. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny I say that because I, I sort of I've I've been guilty in the past of saying that I didn't like that they become so wacky, but I just thought as wacky as this um, Homer in the plane was. It was just funny. <laughs> yeah, but everything had built to it. It wasn't like you were just thrust into this scenario. Yeah. Like yeah, early. Good point. It, it kind of yeah. feels like a natural progression to get here. Yep. Um, so they're driving. The only gag in this whole episode that fell flat for me was Homer saying, you'll know when I'm driving. And then it turns, and the car starts and then, rolling and he screams. Mm. I, I, that was just bizarre. Am I missing something there? Um, no. No, you're not missing it's, anything other than the fact okay. that it's just a... It's just a Homer is an idiot joke. Yeah, it just it, it just I sort of thought this episode just didn't need that. This episode's been so good at not being that version of this show. So anyway, mm. you know, breakfast at Tiffany's gag, bit of another data gag here of the gay sailors resorting to homosexuality uh, doesn't yeah, age that, well. That was probably one other moment that was a little bit of a, <laughs> I mean, hashtag problematic. Hashtag nineteen ninety nine though. Yeah. <laughs> And they decide to throw Flanders out because he's just being a wet blanket. You know, with all the energy we're putting into this sabotage thing, we could have written sonnets for our wives or learned to tango or lovingly restored one of those antique... Well, at least I got a hunk of Moe's hair. Man, that's smart. We're now at the airport and Elton John arrives. How good's the sunglasses on his airplane? (laughs) Oh yeah, fantastic! I would love as ridiculous as that. As ridiculous as it is, you could believe he would do that. <laughs> yes, totally. Did you notice that Elton John here? I don't know how he looked in 1999, but I don't remember him ever being this trim after like 1990. No, I think they were. I mean, odd, oddly favorable in the way they drew him, considering they were just going to stuff him into an animal crate. Yeah, but he seemed like he bought into the episode because he's known for being a real diva. But he seemed like. Even the way he read the dialogue, it seemed like he was genuinely like there to be a part of the show. Like he wanted to be yeah. a part of the show. Yeah. Giving happy, his all. Yeah. Happy to have a laugh at his expense. Yeah. Getting paddled silly by the queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the uh, the driver of the plane, or the pilot of the plane, I should say, this is his second appearance. He first appeared in uh, Bart Carney. It's Fantastic Dan. He's the guy oh. that was hiding out in the Whack-A-Mole game. Right. Okay. Gotcha. I thought he looked a, bit, a little bit familiar. But mm, I yeah. did not recognise it as that straight away. So they figure out that Apu's plan is the um is the message in the sky. Homer jumps onto the plane, uh, kicks off the smoke machine. It's a very very dangerous stunt what Homer's doing here. Uh, yes, <laughs> risking, risking his life just so that a uh, message won't go out into the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Particularly when he has got to the point that he's no longer in his seat. Like it, exactly. Yeah, hanging on for dear life. <laughs> 
I I know what I love that line. Like hanging on for dear life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, like in, in Australia, if you're hanging on for dear life, you yeah, you know, you're nearly fucked. You know, yeah. you, if you don't make the if you make a wrong move, you you're dead meat. Every, and, and this was great. So I I will play the clip, but I just love how every wife tries to interpret that star like it's their own husband because they just desperately yeah. want to know that they or believe that their husband would do this for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um it's kind of like reading horoscopes and trying to work out how that applies to you. Oh, and it could apply to anybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're going, you crazy fool. You kill us all. Correction, kill us. Boom. Good. Good. Yes. I love you. It's an angel. Oh, that's Nettie's pet name for me. I love you, Poppin' Fresh. Oh, Clancy. <laughs> I love you, and Nikki. It's a little run together, but that's what it says. I love you, Cactus, Blobby, Epsilon. Oh, who am I kidding? Homer would never surprise me like that. Don't gonna get ruined my message. Poor Homer there with all the roses. It looked pretty brutal, didn't it? All those prickers. That would have stung like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, just, just walking down the street and accidentally rubbing your hand against a rose bush is bad enough, let alone getting yeah. flown through them. Yeah. You've got to give props to Fantastic Dan, though. He wasn't fucking around. No, Fantastic Dan um, took his Skyrider's code very, very seriously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Marge, you know, it, it all works out in the end. Marge is thankful. She thinks Homer's done this deliberately, but he hasn't. But it's all worked out for Homer. Everyone's happy. And uh, then we get the final shot of Alton John singing the song. Well, Pooh sees Alton John at the airport first. Kind of pisses off Alton John, which makes me wonder why he would then go and sing at the Quickie Mart when he wasn't actually there to see a Pooh in the first place. But yeah. Anyway. Well, I guess if the plane's been grounded, he's got to perform somewhere and let's assume that a Pooh threw money at him. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's, a, it's a, just a nice little nice little ending little to this love story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Although, it's, although you're saying he's he's trying to get his his wife drunk. Yeah, um, yeah. That actually, that one, that line was a a, a bit of a downer ending after the way everything else had gone. Um, yeah, it didn't it, it didn't need the um the sexual predator aspect to the end of this episode. No, no, it didn't. Um, but I do like that Apu's rooftop garden has become Quickie Mart's version of the Mount Donita State in Geelong. That's, that's just <laughs> where all the big names play. <laughs> If I was a sculptor, ha, but then again, no, our man who makes potions in a traveling shoe. I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, yeah, and this one's from Apu. I can't believe it. You closed the quickie mart just for me. Well, you and the health inspector. <laughs> Champagne squishy? Oh, thank you. It should get you pretty darn hammered. As far as love songs go, that's got to be top 10. It's yeah. so great. It's uh, one of the two Elton John songs that I really... Actually, quite a lot of Elton John songs I came to via movies. So, Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King, mm-hmm. um, your song from 
Moulin Rouge, which is a movie I've not even watched from start to finish, and that so that just goes to show how much of an impact that song slash like the tie in with the movie had, and uh, Tiny Dancer, of course, from Almost, Almost famous. famous, yeah, yeah, which is another great scene. But yeah, uh, you went and saw Elton John recently. Did you do my thing where you left your seat and went up the front for your song? <laughs> no, uh, we were way up the back. So oh, okay. there was Fair no enough. chance of that happening. Fair enough. Uh, I'm with Cupid. Uh, a solid episode. Had a, I watched this three times. I just really, really enjoyed this episode. Particularly if you're if you're married. Uh, you I was going to say, even just, in, even just in a long-term relationship, yeah, you don't need to I was going to say, even if you're... Yeah. Yeah, in a relationship of any kind, you would um, and and like like you said, it's got to be not long term, but just for a couple of years or so, where you, you know when you just start to get comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't have if, to keep sharing it with all the time. If you're in a relationship where it's okay to be farting in front of each other, I think that <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's the like, I was thinking of saying that. I was thinking of saying I thought Mitch won't appreciate me saying that, but Mitch went and said it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should never never prejudge because Mitch will always go in the opposite direction. Here's a question. Did it ever get to the point where Ash just felt comfortable farting in front of you or did she accidentally fart in front of you once, realise it didn't matter and she was just comfortable from there on in? Um, that's what happened with Nicola. Nicola accidentally did it in front of really me once. That's a really good question. Ash has actually yeah. snuck into the room and... Farted? <laughs> um, no, she's, she's very quiet next to me, but I'm going to ask. Ash, the first time you ever farted in front of me, was it out of comfort in the relationship or was it a mistake? <laughs> Definitely a mistake. Okay, so she's a bit off mic, but definitely a mistake was was her answer. No, I, how, I heard it clearly. <laughs> how, okay, how quickly did it go from accidental farting to comfortable farting? You, you know this. It was years. Years. Literally years. Yeah, but I feel like the first accidental one was two years. Ash, like, Ash went so long without farting in front of me, I thought she had a medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? So uh, what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Uh, yeah, what did I learn? I learned that um, six hours a day is more than enough to get all of your sleep, romance, and uh, general life in. That's true. I've learned that 200 feet is just too far to stalk somebody. Yeah, it really is. Like, you're not going to make your presence felt from that far away. Nah. They, they need to be able to sense that you're around them. That's that's, yeah. that's, that's how you know. If they don't know they're being stalked, and now they're being stalked, it's like Are a tree even... falling over in the woods. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess it's... It's a little bit similar to, well, actually, the only way you could do it from 200 feet would be if you had a real big truck. A real big what? Truck, like in Jewel. Like if you're stalking oh, yeah. someone on a highway, 250 <laughs> feet, it's, it's probably doable. Like Christine. Have you seen Christine? No, I never have seen Christine, actually. Oh, Christine's kind of like um just a car that comes yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say it's like right a possessed there. car, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jewel, do you know Jewel is actually, at the end, is the same sound as when the shark is going down at the end of Jaws. Oh, really? Yeah, the, like the the demise of the truck sound is a demise yep. of the shark sound, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I don't know which one came first. I think Jaws came after Jewel. Yeah, it did. Jewel, Jewel was one of his first... Um, yeah. It was sort of his breakthrough feature that got him noticed. Um, like, it was a made-for-TV movie, but they it then put him in front of the eyes of Sid Sheinberg, I think, but uh, put him in front of the eyes of people that went, oh, yeah, this dude knows how to make a film. Jamail! Jamail is here! Woo! Mailbag time. Shall uh, you pick one or two questions? Just do one uh, for this we'll week. do a couple. So we'll start with uh, Colin Munro. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually just a little bit of a nitpick here, but it's an interesting piece of information nonetheless. Guys, I know you're not fans of Game of Thrones, so I won't labour the point. However, a couple episodes ago, you mentioned that Simpsons used Winter is Coming in the episode before Game of Thrones did. 
I just wanted to point out that the Simpsons episode aired in January 99, but George Martin had already released the first two books by then in 96 and 98, so it's possible the term was already in the nerd subculture and that they did borrow it after all. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I thought it was 2000s that the books came out. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for the correction, Colin. I had not considered the books at all when I made that point. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Okay, so Dominic Butcher. (laughs) Some rapid-fire questions. Does baby Elliot like his uncle Mitch? It seems that way. He always gives you a high five when you come in. Does Uncle Mitch like baby Elliot? Yes, I do. Elliot is a fine child. He he is until he has to go anywhere near him. No. Uh, (laughs) Have Mitch and Ash babysat for Elliot yet? No, we have not. I can safely say that I don't think Mitch would ever want the responsibility of looking after my child. Not at this age, no. No. Uh, And where were you both when you found out that Steve Irwin died? Well, he died on my birthday, so... <laughs> Jesus, pretty sure it Was it September 4th? I'm pretty sure he died on my birthday. Steve Irwin. I'm I... pretty, sure like my... pretty sure it was my birthday party. I'm pretty sure I was in school. Um, I don't know exactly Steve where Irwin I was. De- yeah, 4th, to... 4th of September 2006. So, yeah. Um, I, I remember like it was something to do with my birthday and everyone's like, oh, Steve Irwin just died. And that just fucking killed the mood of my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, fa- I reckon I found out from a joke text message from a friend. Um, uh, like Steve Owen and Peter Brock's death were both really similar to me in that uh, a friend of mine, Josh, who's uh, a terrible human being, um, just the way I found out was from him sending really insensitive text message jokes. Um, Back in the day when people used to sing, send mass messages out, like it was... Yeah, a- like before Twitter, that was how it worked. Yeah, before you had Facebook, you just put a status out and know everyone's going to read it. Hmm. You had to send out 50 text messages. <laughs> yeah. And then get 20 replies. Oh, here we go. Mailbag question. Must be anonymous. And, and, and Must. Uh, hey, mates. Big fan. Love the work and all of that fun stuff that strokes you off. Crying emoji. <coughs> Sorry. Tears of joy <laughs> emoji. Apologies for the coughing here, guys. Um, anyway, I have to spare you the details for obvious reasons, but I may soon be representing myself in Australian court. Long story short, I tried <laughs> exposing some illegal business practices for a company that I worked for. They turned up. Uh, They, in turn, lawyered up and are threatening to sue. I should really just do what they want, but I don't like uh, bullies. Ah, good, this guy's like Daredevil. So I might try my hand at being a lawyer. He's exactly like Daredevil. So my questions are, are Australian courts anything like the court in Bart versus Australia? And more importantly, which Hutt's quote slash legal strategy should I even, or should I try? Even though I could be at fairly large financial risk, there's no way I'm passing on that opportunity. You gotta do the tie stick. I'm not wearing yeah, a no, tie at all. Yeah, uh, I would recommend changing your name halfway through the legal proceedings. <laughs> and you, you need some sort of like witness that no one's expecting and yeah. bring them in at the last minute. And when in doubt, call David Crosby. Uh, you you got to get like a, a relative of the um of the pla- of is it the pla- no who's the um the prosecutor? Like you know how in um Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street where he gets his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone is going to throw him off. <laughs> And aside from that, our courts, um, well, I feel like they got some, like the way the judge looked and the way the judges were dressed felt, I, I feel like that was pretty accurate to Australian courts. Aside from that, less, but it's not, it, there's you're not going to get, you're not going to get ScoMo being the, uh, the judge though. <laughs> no, that won't happen. Um, Scotty from marketing has got too much on his plate. <laughs> but, but you may, uh, you may get a judge whose name is Andy. Oh, well, statistically very likely. <laughs> All right. That's it for the mailbag. I've got 
uh, a wife who's telling me burritos are ready. Oh, burritos are and, ready. Cool. And my throat, as you can tell, is getting ready to pack in on itself. I'm assuming uh, after burritos... Yeah, I can imagine. I'm assuming after burritos, uh, Ash will be farting tonight? More than likely. Uh, although we do have a guest <laughs> in the house, so she might um, she might just oh. withhold, withhold them. Would she ever fart in front of a guest? If she Never knew happened. Them? Never happened? No. Would you fart in front of one of her friends? Um... <laughs> Probably not. These are the questions actually, that you only uh, hear. <laughs> I was thinking about this, how weird it is in an office environment with a shared toilet, how on the office floor, no way in hell would I fart. But go into the toilet, I'm still with the same co-workers, but it's all bets are off once you once you walk in through that door. You've never farted by accident in the office? Uh, I have, but I would... Like, it's got to be an absolute accident. I would, but, <laughs> but toilet, you could be at the urinal and then it's just, you know... Who can peel off the loudest one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you go back outside and it's back to, oh no, there's no such thing as bodily functions. The worst is when you're at the footy and you're using that mass urinal and this old mate next to you just drops one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's nowhere to go. <laughs> I was actually looking forward, I was thinking about this the other day. I was, um, well, of all places, at a fun- funeral. Um but like when you could get to that age that you could just let one go and keep a complete deadpan face and people wouldn't even know if you knew that it happened. <laughs> it's going to be one ones. of the great joys of being <laughs> over 60. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Thanks for listening to our review of I'm with Cupid. Um, hope you enjoyed the toilet humor here on Four Figure Discount. <laughs> Next week, we're going to be reviewing Marge Simpson and Screaming Yellow Honkers. That's the... Canyonero. Oh, oh no, yeah. it's not. We've already had that one. No, it's like, oh, she's driving. She's driving the Canyonero in this one though. Uh, oh, this is the road rage one. Road rage one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alrighty, guys. So stay tuned for that one next week. There may or may not be a very big announcement coming on next week's show as well. So a little tease for that. But mm. for now, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Mm, roses are red, violets are blue. We've managed to avoid any talk of the trouble with a poo. Shh.